Welcome to the best of breakfast with Vossie and Brandy. Brandy has a big weekend ahead, so he's away today to enjoy his RDO. But James Magnuson was with me as always on a Wednesday. Uh, a little more subdued than last week after the Bulldogs' first performance of the year. Plus, should we be taking concussions even more seriously than we are at the moment in the NRL? Luke Keery and Phil Gould had some interesting thoughts on it from both ends of the scale. Uh, it is the Wednesday edition of Breakfast with Vossie and... Br- br- no, James Magnuson, the missile is with us. I'm rocking the North Sydney Bears cap uh, this morning, folk. Up, up the mighty Bears. I'm with the Marrickville hipster, James Magnuson. Cue the sad music. The first time we get to speak to the Bulldogs <laughs> fan, this time last week, heart filled with hope. And then James, sunny Four Pines Park on Saturday afternoon, and it all turns to pulp. <laughs> sad music. Dan, could you play the sad music? Thank you. How are you, James? Oh, Vossi, I've been better. I've been better. There's never more yeah. hope for a team that has been struggling for well, the best part of a decade than that first match. Yeah. I'm talking yeah. Bulldogs fans, Tigers fans, Newcastle fans. We hey, all entered with so don't much deflect, hope. Don't deflect, James. Don't <laughs> deflect. Don't deflect. We're just talking about the Bulldogs here. Boy. Uh, yeah, it was a tough day yeah. out of the office. Um, I was yeah. feeling, uh, I was feeling very positive about that game in Manly, yeah. but. Not the result we wanted, Vossi, not the result. Just one, one specific moment when the Villy Army kick our kick uh, came into play over the sideline. What, what, what happened there? What, what was your Oh, just expletive uh, score. So I was actually... Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was watching on the couch and uh, my girlfriend had yeah. fallen asleep. She's not a massive rugby league fan. She goes for the Bulldogs because I do, but she'd fallen asleep on the couch next to me. And I got to the feet and uh, started swearing and uh, woke her up out of a, a midday right. nap. <laughs> no, that's very sad. Yeah, Look, Billy Army Kickout was not signed by the Bulldogs for his kicking, nope. despite the surname. Kickout, kick out, no kick, kick out, kick out. Very good. <laughs> All right, well, that's enough of the sad music. Uh, we just thought we had to cover that off because yesterday we had our uh, level of optimism chat because everyone was hopeful. Teamless Tuesday last week, Teamless yeah. Tuesday this week. Everyone's a little, you know, off some clubs. A little more concerned. Um, I gave the story yesterday. My brother-in-law burnt the jersey. Canterbury burnt the jersey. You kidding? One. <laughs> that's he, oh, that's what he said. Yes, yeah. he's gone down. You know, he's just given up. You know, he's just anyway. So it's all there. Look, if you if you want to continue to chat, this is the place to do it. We like to think this is Wellbeing Wednesday. So if you're a little bit down in the dumps mm. about your team, if you're a little bit down in the dumps, if you're lonely, you want to just chat. This is the place to do it because we are in full sports mode. I mean it. it it feels like five seconds since round one finished. Round two kicks off tomorrow night. Rabbitohs and Panthers is humongous. Absolutely humongous. Panthers could be zero and two. Couldn't happen, could it? The Premiers, zero and two. I'd like it James, if it you was. got an early thought on your tips. I'd like it oh, By if the it way, was. you came last in the tips first round. Yeah. Did I? That's yes. disgraceful. Jeez, I've had a bad weekend. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, Penrith can get beaten. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I, I really yes. do. I think Penrith can get beaten. There's particularly, uh, they're talking mm. those concerns about Latrell. I know they're missing Jairo and uh, Totola, but I think I think Souths can win that game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, um, I, I, I know this, that when I say full sports mode too, because cricket starts tomorrow, um, I don't think we've taken our eye off the ball, even though sort of rugby league came and hits like a whirlwind. I think there'll still be... A lot of interest in the cricket. It would be a remarkable, a remarkable achievement. Uh, that was a huge win by Australia. What if, if we win the next test? I know that they retain the uh, trophy, the Border Gavaskar Trophy, because they were the holders and it could be level. But um, if Australia could get it back to two all, you'd almost feel as if, ah, damn. 
sort of morally uh, moral victory in that if that sweep day didn't happen, you know, Australia could have had this series. Mm, the sweep so I, know, day. I know I'm getting ahead of ourselves. We've got a whole test to go. Yeah. But, but if if Australia was to win the fourth test, a two-all series result is a big one. That the sweep day and uh, Travis Head yeah. selected in the first match. Yeah. And that, yeah, that series looks good completely point. different, I think. That's it. That's it. And then Friday, we're counting down. Um, they are talking about Australian basketball record crowd. Um, you know, pump it up. Let's go. Sydney Kings, New Zealand Breakers, game three of the championship series locked at one all. Um, so if you know Kudos Bank Arena, you know, you've got all the seats and then you've got the curtained off area. Ben Rossley will know, our producer, having been to Kudos uh, last Friday night. The curtains are coming down. So they're selling seats outside an area where they have not sold seats uh, previously at Kudos Bank Arena. So bring it on. Let's get as big a crowd as we can possibly get. It is a a great night out, even more so, given uh, so much at stake. Uh, today on the program, David Riccio from The Telegraph with all the Rugby League news out of 7 o'clock. Michelle Bishop's sports updates. Michelle was at the judiciary last night. We need to make this our start point today. Wade Graham. Interesting comments after uh, the um, sentence uh, last night. Four games. Was challenging the reckless tackle. Um, Wade says he's had some... You know, concussion problems, um, you know, hence tackle high, you'll never tackle low. Uh, does the game have a problem? It, you know, it was it was great theatre, James. I make no apology for saying that. It was dramatic, but it's an illegal tackle. Is it? Does it warrant four games, James, what Wade Graham did in the tackle with Davey Moali? I think it warranted three, and obviously he challenged it, so I'm, I'm happy with the decision. Uh he says he wants to tackle high because he's had concussion issues with going low. You can go high without coming in at that speed. Holy smokes, watching that live. It was very spectacular. It was exciting. Uh, it put hairs on my chest watching it. <laughs> but, but holy smokes. I, I think we can tone that down a little bit and still have a great product as a game. Was the girlfriend on the couch still then? We, did you have... No. Nah. I'm trying to pry into the private life. Yeah. Did Super Saturday, you saying that you and the uh, Cheese and Kisses uh, sat there all day watching the rugby league. I went all three. She didn't last. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, I was she, gonna was, say she, she was watching Housewives of some description by uh, the end of the Bulldogs game. So I lasted all three, ah, but right. she couldn't. Didn't have the stamina, Vossi. Housewives of the Central Coast or something like that. Uh, fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, we, of course, have the Motorola open line. Dan, uh, hit it, please, if you could to make it official. Hello, Moto. H- how are you going today? Good. Uh, yeah, the number is, uh, sorry, I got distracted there, one three hundred o one eleven seventy. Uh Check out the latest smartphone from motorola.com.au. You can also get us on the text line. It is the Edgewater Homes text line who have come on board with our uh, text line Edgewater completed homes are now selling in Catherine Park Estate it's worth checking them out edgewaterhomes.com.au our text line number is 0457736736 just back on the Bulldogs um, Josh Adokar uh, is one of the great characters of the game James you love mm. the Fox who does I love the Fox, Fox. yeah yeah love the Fox uh, yesterday giving an interview um, he used a wonderful historical analogy to discuss the Bulldogs' form. Let's have a listen. Rome wasn't built overnight or whatever it is. <laughs> whatever it is you know, the pyramids or whatever you want to call it. Uh... <laughs> what? 
Rome wasn't built overnight. Wasn't built overnight, and then the pyramids. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's good stuff. The fox. The fox. Who says rugby league doesn't have dogs? Play that again. Let's just break that down. Can we unpack Josh Adokar again, please? Rome wasn't built overnight, or whatever it is. The pyramids, or whatever you want to call it. He makes you laugh no matter what, but the, the con- uh, what he's talking about there in the context is just absolute gibberish. Absolute gibberish. Look, I don't know what we're Josh building at the Bulldogs, boss. Yeah. I don't know if it's pyramids or Rome, but uh, it's certainly yeah. not going to happen yeah. overnight. So he's, he's on the money. The, the analogy's a little off, but I get what he's saying. I get what he's saying. I think that's where the problem is. We've diagnosed the problem for the Bulldogs. Cameron Serrato, or Gus has been giving the speech, the pyramids weren't beat weren't built in a day. I think that's the problem, that we're, we're getting things mixed up here. There needs to be clarity at uh, at the Bulldogs. Uh, now, the Dragons, um, Junior Ramon, free to resume his career immediately after the NRL lifted its uh, no-fault no stand-down. It came after news his case will now be heard in a local court, which can only impose a maximum of five years if convicted, well below the 14-year stand-down threshold. He was yesterday named in the Dragons extended squad in jersey number 21. Um, look, the way people have acted, I mean, the bloke is still on trial. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. That has to play out in court, be it um, we now know that it's uh, the uh, local court, but there's still a court case, a very serious matter at hand. So I don't know whether we can go chapter and verse into this one, mm. um, given, no. given the circumstances, but there you go. Um, he's cleared. Now, James, can I ask you, concussion, and we're going to talk about it with our listeners this morning. Uh, you know, the HIAs over the weekend was a big talking point uh, across many matches. Uh, I probably haven't asked you this before directly, but where do you stand on it? And the independent doctor, and as a fan, and as a former sports person, but not necessarily in a sport where you got concussions. I don't know whether you would have got yeah. any in swimming unless you <laughs> crashed into the wall. But... Um, <laughs> But, but but obviously you mixed with elite sports people and yeah. it would come up and that yeah. sort of thing and your yeah. well-being. Where, where do you stand on how the NRL is tackling concussions or possible concussions? The only one change I think that you could potentially make is to have the doctor at the game rather than the bunker and have them at each stadium. Uh, but other than that, I don't think we can ever take it um, too seriously or be too cautious with concussions. My housemate um, from from Paul McQuarrie, moved to Sydney with me. He played reserve grade, played for Newtown, I think throughout his career, and he never made it to first grade, retired when he was 27. I think he said he'd been knocked out nine or ten times. Knocked out, cold. And he, by the end, he was getting knocked out with, you know, a stray forearm or anything could just knock him out. Um, And so I've seen it firsthand, and he was super concerned by the end, and that was part of the reason he stopped playing football. And as... As, a, as, as an athlete, I know this would be frustrating for some players when they get the call wrong, but I think you're just so much better to err on the side of caution when it comes to head injuries and, and the ongoing effects because it's a long life to live when you retire from sport. Mm. Well, let's hear from our listeners this morning. Are you satisfied? Do, do you have a problem with the, the, the direction the NRL is headed, the precautions they are now taking? Now, a vocal opponent of what the NRL has is Phil Gould. Yeah. And um, I always say with Gus, I put my cards on the table. I regard Gus as the smartest man in rugby league. I mean, I, I could listen to 
Gus talking football and football-related issues all day. And I've been very lucky to work with him over the years. So I'm invested in, in that way. That's not to say that we didn't have some some you know, cracking arguments over the years. Mm. I, mean, I would be, you know, I'm black, he's white. So it was that different, our opinions. Yep. Um, so I'm always interested to hear what he say. This is Phil Gould weighing in on 100% footy on Monday night, talking about the issue of the independent doctor. I think that the, the, the doctor in the bunker is the greatest abomination perpetrated on our game in history. Not every bump to the head is a concussion. Not every concussion is life-threatening. It's just total overkill. Not every slap to the face or bump in the head requires a HIA review. Old mate up in the bunker has decided whenever someone gets a bump to the head, they've got to go off and get checked for 15 minutes, which I find totally ludicrous. They're worried about this tsunami of class actions, which we've been threatening for ages, which never come. But, you know, and if we did, I say take them on. There's not a court in the world that's going to award them anything. Strong stuff. Uh, the greatest abomination mm. brought into the game in its history yeah. from Gus Gould. Surprising from Gus. I guess I've got two opinions on, on Gus's comments. One, obviously, he got through an NRL career playing in one of the toughest eras in history. Mm. Probably had a heap of head knocks and has come out the other side. It's seemingly unscathed. Like you said, he's one of the yeah. greatest minds in, in rugby league. He's very articulate. Is smart man and, and it clearly has no effects of, of head knocks. So that would be one thing influencing his uh, his opinion on it. But the other one is there's so many people around him and even at the Bulldogs clubs. Like you go to a Bulldogs function now and see Steve Mortimer and the problems that he's having. Uh, so I'm surprised in that way that he would have – there'd be so many people he knows and he'd played with that would be suffering the effects of concussion long term. Maybe whether they accept that it's because of concussion or not uh, is, is another matter. But, yeah, it's a little bit surprising from Gus. Is it the biggest abomination on the game? No. I mean, I, I personally think captain's challenge is. But, um, <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah, well, be something else, yes. But, but it's just it's for safety. It's for safety, mm. safety Vossi. And I, I'd say there'd be plenty of lawyers out there who, if Gus said take them on, that, you know, they'd say, yeah, yeah we're up for the challenge. Well, look, Luke Keary, let's put him in the um, in the conversation here. We want to get to your calls and texts uh, shortly. Luke Keary saying NRL players will be grateful in later life for the game's oh, yeah. independent doctors ruling on the HIA. This was Luke Keary only yesterday. There's obviously a designated doctor sitting there just watching that. So like, as a player, as much as it's frustrating sometimes if they might have got it wrong, I think as a player they'll we appreciate it. Even if we don't all say it, we'll, we would appreciate it that someone's actually sitting there looking out for us. It's obviously hard sometimes our docs are in the dressing rooms with people doing the concussion protocols to get back on. They're looking at other stuff. There's a lot of things going on at the actual ground, so it's good. There's probably nobody more qualified to speak on that because he's had problems. He'd have to to be, and and when you've had a number of head knocks, you'd have to start thinking long-term, having seen the movie Concussion and knowing some of the ramifications it can have on your life. All right, well, let's throw it out there. Are you more, our listeners, are you more uh, the way of Gus or are you more the way there of Luke Keary? You've heard two um, opposing views there around where we find ourselves in the game of rugby league. A uh, bit of skullduggery around um, the 17th team. Peter Volandis revealed that signing Wayne Bennett was a non-negotiable condition for the Dolphins' entry into the NRL. Quote, without him, we wouldn't be where we are on expansion. There was no one else for the position. Wow. We're saying that... Was th- th- there'd be no 17th club if there was no Wayne Bennett? That's amazing. Um, and also, 
Australia has been confronted with two pitches in different stages of preparation ahead of tomorrow's fourth test. <laughs> of course they have. A well square and another with a black soil pitch <laughs> with uncertainty surrounding which one. You bastards. <laughs> you swines. I mean, how Can you dare believe you do this? Across a potential <laughs> 20 days worse. of cricket, we could end up with having played only 12 of 20 days. Yeah, yeah, not even that. Each, each test so far has been two and a half days. We've had seven and a half days of cricket out of a potential 15. You're listening to The Best of Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy this morning with James Magnuson in the co-host chair. We took your calls and texts on the big issues of the morning. Remember, you can call us or text us any time during the show. Hello, Moto. Yeah, callers input into the program. The reptile um, hasn't responded to Jay's joke, but has responded to you, James. He says, G'day, shaggers. James, I told you very early, the Bulldogs have no halves and no coach. If Burton is your captain with his effort on the intercept pass, you're in major trouble, says the reptile. So he's damning appraisal of the Bulldogs (laughs) after week one, but he's also saying, I told you so. Mm. Uh, Jason says, James, the Melbourne Storm will thrash the Bulldogs on Saturday. You got any confidence about Saturday night? Uh, I'm more confident now that Munster's out, but uh, I think just a close scoreline would be a win for us this weekend. If you contain Harry Grant, you'll go a long way towards beating Melbourne. They're, mm. they're, this is a very thin-looking Melbourne side this it is, Saturday it? night. Yeah, it is. It so is. if you can stop Harry Grant's running game getting on the front foot, then you know I think uh, I think good things could be there for the Bulldogs if you aim up. Could be the upset of the weekend. There you go. I'll take that to the bank. I think. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the Motorola open line, if you will, James. Bakes, do you agree with Fossey? Is this weekend the weekend for the Bulldogs? I'll be tipping them, boys. Hey, there you go. What did you think of the game on the weekend? How many, um, all I'm going to say is how many games do you give Kyle Flanagan until they replace him with Josh Reynolds? Well, now Josh Reynolds has actually just been announced as uh, out for four weeks with a groin injury. So that's a bit of a well, blow there. But, yeah, I, I think... Reynolds will probably get a, a go around origin time. Uh, and if he if he plays as well as he has in the past, he, he may cement that spot. But, yeah, that's probably still the, the glaring gap in the Bulldogs squad, isn't it, that halfback position? Oh, I don't know. Try something. Just get him out of there. <laughs> oh, gee, yeah. I, I think their problems were far yeah. more than just the halfback. Now, oh. I must admit, I'll tell you who was good. Oh, no. Reed Marnie. Oh, Reed so Marnie good. was, yeah. you know, 9 he, out of 10 was game, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Vossi. Yes, Bakes. I just want to give a shout-out to a bloke who listens all the time, and he had a go at me for ringing in the other week. Uh, I just want to give a big shout-out to Frank Shocker from Cabramatta Bowling Club. Yeah, Frank at Cabramatta. I've heard about Frank, actually. Um, Frank, you've got serious issues, mate. Um, (laughs) uh, I think, Frank, it's time you went into the room of mirrors and just had a good, hard look at yourself. Okay? Yeah, thanks, boys. Will that do, Bakes? Yeah, good on you. There you go. And Frank? Get that up, yeah. Uh, Rooster Ash is there, uh, James. East. Rooster Ash is sort of getting his own segment on the program these days. Uh, James, Rooster Ash. Morning, Rooster. Hello, Moto. <laughs> That's disturbing. You want to talk to us hey, about guys. our coaches? Hey, guys, I'd love a, a little segment. But anyway, we'll leave that till later on when I go to a meeting with the hierarchy. Fellas, um, I... I really, I'm really, as a Rooster fan, but I, I really um, look forward to the Dragons getting into the semi-finals. Um, 
I, I sort of miss them being up there and being competitive. And I don't think Griffin is the man. And he, I mean, uh, I, I've listened to him on the radio when he was commentating, and I was falling to sleep listening to him. So I think the players uh, are discontent with him, to tell you the truth. And I don't think it'll be long before he goes. It's amazing thoughts of a Roosters fan, James, that you'd, you'd like to see the dra- you miss the Dragons playing finals football. Might bring Lieutenant Dan in there because you're a Bulldogs fan, Jim. L- Lieutenant Dan, who hosts Tradies News in a nut job hour. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tradies News in a nutshell. Sorry, in a nutshell. Yep. Um, a Roosters fan. Do you do you long for the day the Dragons return to the finals? I would have no issue with the Dragons returning to the finals, but I don't miss seeing them in the finals either. No, okay. Yeah, right. You might be a lone rider here, Brewster Ash, <laughs> on those thoughts. Uh, Anthony Griffin, James, thoughts? Any thoughts there? Oh, probably the number one coach under pressure. It's, it's going to be a big match to start for him, straight up against the Titans. Um, remember I spoke to you, I think it was maybe two, three weeks ago, and I said he loves Moses Embi. Don't be surprised if he finds a place in the halves. Well, he's not in the halves, but he has found himself at starting hooker for the, the Dragons this weekend. So... Hook's got his favourites. His 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 selections are always weird. His recruitment is super weird. His retention is poor. Uh, so I can't see him lasting the season. Oh, you've speared him. Thank you for the call, Rooster Ash. Let's go uh, text for text now at 21 minutes to 7 in New South Wales. 21 to 6 in Queensland. We've got listeners. Good morning to you. Listening through 6.93am in Brisbane. 16.20am in the Gold Coast, the SEN Track Network through regional Queensland. We're broadcasting out of 11.70am in Sydney, uh, James. Uh, let's go into the Edgewater home text. Here we go, the reptile. Morning, Shaggers. I'd rather get a vasectomy done by Freddy Krueger than listen to Jay's jokes. <laughs> well, okay. All right, you've made your point uh, a number of times. Uh, next one. Hello, Amorto. Andrew and James. Wellness Wednesday brings me to my thoughts of this Saturday being World Plumbing Day. I think we're going to do something about this. Um, spare a thought for those unsung heroes who are daily up to their elbows in sewer serpents, wrestling them from our pipes. Notable mention to the plumbers in Sheffield and that Nigel Radley incident at the World Cup. That from the Kingswood Welder. Um, yeah, World Plumbing Day. Uh, I, I think we'll keep it for later in the week, but um, can you name the two... No, we'll do it now. Name the two Fox League commentators or part of the rugby league team who were plumbers? Brian Fletcher. That's one. Yeah, Fletcher, famous plumber. Who's the other one? Who's the other former plumber? Oh. In the Fox League commentary team was a plumber. Michael Ennis. Bon, bon. His initials are the same. Yvonne Sampson. No, no, no. Yvonne Sampson. No. <laughs> she bought, uh, I can't. Uh, maybe she was. I don't know about it. Cooper Cronk. Cooper Cronk. Cooper Cronk was a was a plumber, and he admits a very bad one <laughs> for a very short time. But Cooper Cronk, the plumber. I think we need to get him on for World Plumbing Day. But there we go. Uh, this text, hi, Vossi and Missile. I can see how Josh Addo Carr gets confused with building Rome in a day and building pyramids. I remember when out of nowhere they built a volcano at Canterbury Leagues Club, but it definitely took more than a day from the old Berry. You remember that? The volcano <laughs> yeah. in front of the Leagues Club? That's a ripper. And like once an hour it like erupts. It's unbelievable stuff. You're listening to The Best of Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy this morning with James Magnuson and David Riccio from the Daily Telegraph joined us to give us the latest headlines in the National Rugby League. 
And now on Breakfast with Vossie and Brandy, the back page with David Riccio. Morning, David. Uh, straight off the bat, we've got D-Day for Luttrell. Is he going to line up this weekend for the Rabbitohs? Yeah, good morning, Miss Island. Bossy, look, yeah, it is certainly D-Day for Luttrell. We know it's a, it's a uh, MCL, PCL uh, knee complaint uh, for Luttrell, picked up in that game against uh, Cronulla uh, in round one. They are training this morning, South Sydney. Uh, it is their captain's run, a really quick turnaround for the Bunnies uh, following that game against the Sharks. Uh, short prep, only two two training sessions, uh, one of which was yesterday that Latrell sat out. Uh, now, my understanding is that Latrell will train this morning. Now, providing he gets through today's session, he'll play. Talking to South Sydney coach Jason Demetrio last night, he gave every indication of positivity. Um, certainly wasn't apprehensive about Latrell uh, having a, a gallop this morning. He, it felt like all roads lead to Latrell. Uh, being A-OK to play. Now, if he doesn't, if there is a, 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 an err of, on the side of caution, Blake Taff. Blake Taff would come in into that South Sydney side and play at fullback. I just think uh, South Sydney are, are, are really showing some maturity at this point in time as a, as, as a squad, guys. The way they got the job done against Cronulla down uh, a stack of key forwards, it, it, it's you know, we know that competitions are one on depth. And when South Sydney started last week, they were out with, with our Jacob Host, Harme Sele, Saliva Harvili. They then lost Tavita Tatala after 35 seconds. Joy Arrow goes down with a hamstring. And we're still able to get it done against the Cronulla side and a Cronulla pack that is being well rated as far as being a finals contender this year. I just think uh, I think South Sydney is already already are starting to show just how deep their squad is and, and and how much potential it had. Yeah, they've certainly got a lot of depth. Uh, Amon Junior Amon, he's been cleared to play. So this yeah. is a confusing one for me, Dave. So it's been it's gone from the state court to the local court. Can you give us a bit of insight into this? Yeah, Miss Oh, look, just ignore the ignore the the, the court. Uh, situ- movement situation from, from, from to a local court. That's not the that's not the basis of Junior Ramon returning. The basis of Junior Ramon returning and being cleared by the NRL is that under the no fault stand down policy, uh, he has had his charges downgraded to the point where it now lo- no longer sits under what is the the parameters of a no fault stand down policy, where he is facing an 11 year jail term. That's the that's the umbrella that the game has put over the, the no-fault stand-down. If, if you're facing charges or that, that have an 11-year jail term or more, you are stood down. He has since had those charges um, downgraded and he, has, he falls back under that category where he's not facing that length of, of prison term, which is why it has triggered his automatic return. I think this is obviously... Um, this is big for St. George of the Water. He, was, he has been named in that 21-man squad. Uh, to play for Saints on Sunday against the Gold Coast Titans. My early mail yesterday was that Saints weren't actually going to rush him back. But I think the fact that he was named, and he has been training, um, uh, suggests that he could be a late inclusion. But I, I must say the early mail was that Jaden Sullivan and Ben Hunt uh, would be in the halves for the Dragons. Guys, you can't underestimate uh, how much hope in, in the potential of a moan the Dragons have as far as him being 
we know that there's been the talk about the big the big three coming through there, and that's been Tyrell Sloan, Jaden Sullivan, and Junior Ramone. And it is Junior Ramone on top as far as the one that they believe will go all the way. So they know how good he is, um, which is why I'm not ruling him out completely just yet on playing on Sunday. All right, there's the mail from the Telegraph's David Riccio. Now, one other club that is um, that is losing players. We know that Thomas Flegler out the door of the Broncos next season. Uh, likewise, Herbie Farnworth. Now, what about Pat Carrigan? Last year's Wally Lewis medal winner, uh, now an Australian representative at the World Cup. Is he a chance to leave the yep. club as well? Well, certainly, because there's six clubs chasing his signature. Bossy, and this is, this is uh, nervous times for the Broncos because if you start to lose, as you said, Bossy, Thomas Fletcher, Herbie Farnworth, Pat Carrigan. Pat Carrigan, I believe, is one of the one of the best forwards in the game. And and if the Broncos were to lose Carrigan, it's like the likes of the Melbourne Storm, the Canberra Raiders, are at least two clubs chasing his signature. It would be significant, majorly significant. I mean, that's that's a, that would be a hammer blow if Carrigan yeah. was to, to leave the Broncos. I just think he's such a special player and, and can't wait to watch how these two forward packs come up against each other on the weekend uh, regarding the, the North Queensland Cowboys. So, uh, yeah, uh, interesting times for the Broncos, Vossi, uh, as far as Pat Carrigan is concerned. Guys, I'll just, before you before I get out of here, I just wanted to echo your sentiments in rela- relation to Luke Keary's comments. Uh, yeah. If the NRL aren't sending Luke Keary a message today about the maturity and the level-headedness of such a delicate topic from a player that knows all too well about the significance of concussion, well, then I'm not here. Uh, that, they, they were stand-up comments by Keary, um, as I said, by a player that knows that, that when they're out on the field, they're gladiators and they won't come from the field. They need to be pulled from the field. Mm. And to the point that Keary said, sometimes you're knocked out, so you don't even know what decision you need to make, mm. whether I'm staying or going. So... I just thought they were telling comments at a time where there's a stack of debate going on in and around the independent doctor. Yeah, well said. David Ricciardo from The Telegraph. We can follow The Telegraph website throughout the day for all the breaking news. Thank you. Thank you, boys. Go well. Listen, another one on that, James, just picking up the ball and running um, with that. Uh, it was said, I, I called a game Roosters and Newcastle, I remember a couple of years ago, and they had two players go down with serious knee injuries. Uh, I'll bring Lieutenant Dan in here, the Roosters, remember that, that same night, Morris and Collins, I think it yep. was, on the night. Yep. And they said after the game, uh, Trent Robinson even said this, now this is right or wrong, but he almost said that we, we have a policy here that no, you don't get stretched off. Mm. So players don't like to be stretched off. Well, they don't, it's across the board. That's part of the, the gladiatorial... Um, element that we bring to our game that when you suffer and no, no, you get back to your feet and you, you, you at least, you know, you make it off the field of your own volition as best you can. You're not, you don't want to be stretched it off. Interesting. Um, is that a healthy thing? I mean, again, I'm not saying right or wrong um, judgment, but these two players that night had done their knees, and I remember Morris he had to come all the way round the far side of the ground with knee <laughs> knee gone. No, I, I suppose you can't do any more damage, but. That attitude, is that is that right or wrong? Is it time to grow up from that? Mm. It is very gladiatorial, isn't it? It's like go out on your shield type rhetoric. But 
Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. I, I, did, I wasn't aware of that, actually. So, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to hear. But Trent even said that. Trent even said that that night. That, you know, that's part of it. That, you know, and I'm sure that is almost unwritten law in rugby league. Uh, this one, um, good morning, VM. Uh, with 24 hours under your belt, Vossi, was Pavlova still a wise decision yesterday morning? Um, I'll bring in James Magnuson. Uh, there's also further to the text. Missile, the Bulldogs should Burton bomb on tackle one every set right between Nick Meaney and Wishart. Then at least Canterbury will be close to the try line when they inevi- inevitably make an error. That's from the Tassie Toad. Yeah. Giving you some tactics. Burton or... didn't do one. Did not do one. No. What's doing? Not one. But the question, uh, they're about Pavlova, right? Pavlova, Pavlova yeah. before yesterday's show. I, some say it's eggs, it's dairy, it's a bit of fruit on top. Is there a problem? Yeah. Massive five issues. Massive issues, Vossi. <laughs> no good. Thanks. Thanks. You're listening to the best of breakfast with Vossi and Brandy. This morning with James Magnuson as co-host and Jared Waitley joined us from Melbourne to discuss some of the big issues of the week. We got his thoughts on the future of concussions in sport and his top three Australian female athletes on International Women's Day. Jared Waitley. He, he can probably talk a little bit about it from the AFL perspective. Uh, concussion. Jared is getting ready for his program down in Melbourne. We love chatting with Jared on a Wednesday on between uh, 9 and 12. Jared, welcome again. Happy Wednesday. Vossi, James, you've, yeah, my last five minutes have been listening to you Googling and I've totally lost my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, here I was thinking we were talking about fruit salad. Um, Jared, <laughs> concussion in the AFL. Uh, d- d- what is the process there? We're talking about um, the independent doctor and the role they played in the first game and being influ- very influential on games. Players being ordered from the field who then pass tests, but they have to sit off the field for 15 minutes. That has a, a big impact, obviously. Um, what is the uh, concussion stance in the AFL and have there been any tweaks in recent times? Yeah, relatively similar, Vossi, to how it operates during the game. And then there's a a 12-day mandatory period of exclusion once you are diagnosed with concussion. And it's not... Uh, it's a minimum 12 days, which is something that the AFL uh, talks about to great extent. So, yes, is there's a, the, the club doctors have a level of responsibility. There is a concussion spotter in our in our uh, arc who watches various vision and can send messages to the doctors at the ground saying you need to conduct an, a, uh, an HIA on this player because of this incident. Um, it has become much more prescriptive, but I feel like we're probably still only in the feeling out stages of it. I, every contact sport in the world is facing the the chain the the same challenge of how to make its game as safe as possible within the parameters of a contact sport. There will always be heavy collisions. There will be concussions. So there is an aspect of what is preventative, but then I think there is a, a much greater focus on the management thereafter. Um, the AFL is about to see its first class action, yeah, um, which was flagged last week. And I spoke to the, the lawyer who's preparing that for the Victorian Supreme Court. And I asked her, are we talking tens of millions of dollars? And she indicated we were talking billions of dollars. We were talking $1.5 billion as a starting point. So there will be, there will be court cases in the short term, I I think for all of our contact sports and they will play a role in what happens next. And then all the steps that have been taken in real time will be tested. I think what, what did as information became available around concussion, 
10 years ago, eight years ago, six years ago, four years ago, two years ago, what were the real-time decisions that were made by administrators? And does that offer a level of um, a level of security, a level of care to the employees suitable to avoid massive payouts? How many players are in on this class action if they're talking billions? Well, it seemed like 30 was the Whoa. number. So... Mm. That it's to that's to be played out, and that that was sort of the first one to tip its hand. But we know there's been probably more detailed stuff happening in the, in the background as well. So there'll be a level of through the generations. What are what are our football codes culpable for? What could they have known? Yeah. What did they do? And then there'll be what happens next. Yeah, and and there's I, I know in that class action we've been talking some female players as well. And, yes, and you'd say well that's only in more recent times. Can I play you a grab, Jared? We've played it this morning of one of our leading players, Luke Keary, a three-time grand final winner who's had some concussion issues. He talks about um, his belief in, and support for what the NRL is doing up here with an independent doctor. This is Luke Keary. There's obviously a designated doctor sitting there just watching that. So like, as a player, as much as it's frustrating sometimes if they might have got it wrong, I think as a player they'll we appreciate it. Even if we don't all say it, we, we would appreciate it that someone's actually sitting there looking out for us. It's obviously hard. Sometimes our docs are in the dressing rooms with people doing the concussion protocols to get back on. They're looking at other stuff. There's a lot of things going on that's at the actual ground, so it's good. See, Luke Curry sort of saying, um, in, in some ways, they're paraphrasing, uh, the doctor's there to save us from ourselves. Yes. Would that be the majority opinion of AFL players, where, where, I- the, where the game's headed? I think that's that is definitely part of it. So in the way that concussion is now diagnosed, it's it's an absolute. You you either have concussion or you don't. But what is unknown is the effects of subconcussive knocks. And if you've sort of done any reading or watching around this, that that's where it gets really complicated as to how that represents the future. So there is a uh, and this is true for participants and observers alike. Is there's a certain uh, there's a quality to combat sports that we that we love and that the players sign up for. And where does that line blur? For you know, so if you play the NFL, you know that there's not only a risk of CTE, but there's a likelihood of CTE. So the the wages are now thought to so you you sign up for this risk and you are rewarded financially as such but this is what it could look like further down the track. So as as human beings, what are we prepared to expose our sports people to? And that's why mm. everything that can be done needs to be done, but implicit in contact sport is the contact, is the combative nature. Well, how can boxing exist? It? How could boxing exist? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry for a really basic point of view, but we had yeah. a... We had a, a, a listener earlier this morning, sort of a heart pie joke. What if you had an independent doctor in boxing and, you know, they had a 15-minute check every time they got hit in the head? Well, how, how would boxing survive the pub test of of uh, of, of head contact? Yes, well, it, it wouldn't. But this is why I guess the, the prize purse around these fights is measured in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. So yeah. the combatants sign up for it with the risks that are there. there there's, yeah, so... Um, Boxing has to have the layers in place to be able to answer in court one day if one of the participants ever sued, but that was eyes wide open going in. 
So I, mm. the legal minds in this uh, will be busy for the next two generations, I would think, as a lot of the concussion we are learning about now and the cost is from players from the 60s, the 70s and the 80s, mm. where it was was brutal and unrecognised. That I think the the real legal challenge going forward is once we once sporting codes knew what they knew was enough done in real time. If you signed a waiver when you signed your contract with a club that yeah. said I acknowledge that this could have ongoing effects on my mental health or you know I guess mental welfare, would that negate a potential class action in the future? So I'm told no. We had this exact ah. conversation last week with Nathan Buckley, who's a, a Hall of Famer from Aussie Rules, and uh, spoke to one of the lawyers associated with all of this. And they say that workplace waivers aren't as all-encompassing as they might look to yeah. be. Mm. Um, so the notion of that could make sense. Then you would have to, you know, you would have to test the morals and the ethics of doing that. But even the the legal side of it, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't immunise a, a sporting code completely. Fascinating chat, isn't it? Uh, you know, just where where we're headed, um, what we know. Can I can I make this admission? You can put the cuffs on me if you like, but I would have said when I was younger, Jared, watching. You know, when you're talking about players in the eighties, you would refer to a player who came back from you know being knocked silly. You'd say, "Oh, how courageous is he coming yeah. back?" Yeah. You'd be applauding him. You were you weren't concerned about what happened. We we waxed lyrical in the positive about that player, how tough and how courageous they were. And I'm pretty sure it would have been in the AFL too, Jared. Definitely. And we had sort of really disconcerting moments of serious concussions where players returned yeah. in the same game. And yep. as a period of enlightenment happens is that the attitudes turn against that as players shouldn't be mm. doing that. There shouldn't be an expectation that that represents the the best of sport. And then you get to the mandatory periods uh, where, so 12 days minimum, you can't, you cannot not only not go back on in this game, but you can't play for 12 days thereafter. And there are medical standards being debated elsewhere as to whether that's sufficient. So, and that's the, we do go through enlightenment in sport, in society. So the the law the the, the um, lawsuits that will relate to what was happening in that day and age can't impose the the standards of today on what was happening then, but it can absolutely measure when the information became available. Um, was it was it adhered to? Was the workplace adjusted to marry up with what the risks were recognised to be? Yeah. International Women's Day, Jared. You've uh, you've put pen to paper to put three names down. Um, your top three Australian female athletes. Now we didn't really give you any guidelines, so we no no are we saying former or are we saying current? What I don't know what we're doing here, but 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 three names that straight away come to mind on International Women's Day that we say bloody hell they're they're champions. They're so male I've gone or female. They I've are gone... champions. Current, so if you're retired, you weren't yeah. eligible for this list, uh, and that's Ash Barty, obviously. So Sam Kerr is undisputably Australia's number one sports person, male or female, and in measures of influence and power and achievement in the newspapers today, she is heralded as number one. I think that is beyond dispute. Her legacy moment is coming later this year with the World Cup on home soil. 
She's 29. She is Australia's leading goal scorer. She has won the Golden Boot in three different competitions uh, across three different continents. And she has a global profile, which puts her on the front of FIFA's video game. So that's her scope and she is going to be the most significant sports figure in this country as this year unfolds. So she's undisputably one. I think Ariane Titmus is two. I think she's our best current Olympian. Now that's um, Emma McKeon has won our most Olympic medals, but I feel like Ariane Titmus is with Katie Ledecky as the best swimmer in the world. That's the dual male or female. Cool. Australia, America. So I think Ariane Titmus is two. And then it has to be one of Australia's cricketers at three. And I found this so hard. So there are three icons of this generation of Australian cricket. They are Meg Lanning, Elisa Healy and Elise Perry. But currently the best players in the team are Ash Gardner and Beth Mooney. So how do you split that up? I've gone Meg Lanning for her achievements as captain, which are unrivaled. And again, yep. male or female. So I've I've chosen her as the figurehead of that golden generation of Australian cricketers. So I'm Sam Kerr, Ariane Titmus, and right, Meg please. Lanning in a and, really and, deep field. And back to I'm throwing over to Judge Judy here, uh, James Magnus and Titmus v McEwen. What did you you sort of look there? I was, I was trying to read no, the body yeah, language yeah. of James. There, are you in agreeance? Or yeah, agreeance. Agreeance. Titmus is uh, is the the better swimmer of the two currently. The best swimmer in the world, however, male or female, Caleb Dressel by a country mile. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I'm still, I think Katie Ledecky's domination of timesheets and records. Mm. So I'll concede to you, Dressel is the most explosive swimmer. I think Ledecky's depth of achievement and domination of those events, uh, I I could make a case anyway. We'll take and last that one, one to the courts. Yeah, well, there you go. It's on. Get the, get them in the ring. Magnuson v. Wayne. Um, the cricket tomorrow, very briefly, Jared. Uh, again, SEN, great coverage of the test. Let's hope we get more than three days out of it this time. But, but you know, again, we might have a turner, a Bunsen burner, and off we go again. Um, what will the side be? What's your thoughts as the Australian team now into the fourth test? Well, what will the pitch be? If you thought shuffling decks was for magicians, you didn't know about Indian curators. So they arrived at the game (laughs) at the ground yesterday and there are two pitches that have been prepared and a third, which looks suspiciously like it was going through a level of preparation as well. So I suspect that one has been prepared with a bit of green that would have favoured the the paceman and one is your standard spinning pitch in India. Um, but as as they all left the ground yesterday, observer, media, participant, none knew which pitch they were going to play on. So this takes good. this good. takes doctoring to a whole new level. I think it's mm. we're going to see the first choose your own adventure in Test cricket. So yeah, I think the team will be unchanged if it's a spinning pitch. If it happens to be the the greener pitch, then um, Boland will come in and one of Murphy or Kuhneman will make way. Might be Murphy. Now, it might be Murphy now, um, given that Kuhneman's had the six for Nathan Lyons coming off the eighth for maybe um, they go for the variety. Jared, great chat this morning. Well done. The prep you put into it and um, thoughts too on the concussion situation in the AFL. Have a great show this morning uh, between 9 and 12 there. Terrific, lads. Thank you. Jared Waitley.